Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, a little after six. Thank you, Bob. Uh, and again, thank you to everybody here at the fan for uh, from Bob to uh, the Mink Man to my guys here, uh, Mons and uh, Chris McGonagall, uh, to represent all the producers we've had and all the board ops we have had through my days and through the Mike and the Mad Dog days. To all the people I've worked with here from uh, Eddie C to the dog, to uh, Imus, to all the people who have been a part of the fan for all these many years. And I'm not going to mention everybody because I don't want to leave anybody out, but from, you know, from Susan Wallman to, uh, you know, to all the different people, to, uh, to everyone who's worked here, uh, to all the different shows, to Joe and Evan, uh, to uh, all the different guys uh, who have ever worked on the station and all the people who came in. There's a lot of them that are still here that broke in in the 80s, uh, more than you would think. There's a lot of them that have been here because the fan has always, it, it, from the beginning, has really been a team. It, it, it has uh, been covered like a team. It's been it, We've acted like a team. And we have always been, I think, even though we've had our squabbles at times and stuff, we've always been uh, run like a team and, and, and we're very successful and proud operation. And... I, for one, am very proud of uh, what we've accomplished here, what we accomplished as Mike and the Mad Dog, what I've accomplished, but also everything that the fan has accomplished. Uh, you know, we have built something that I think is uh, got substance. It's become an iconic station. It's become a station that is revered for the fact that it was the first sports station and really started a complete generation of, uh, of this format that has uh, saved the AM dial, which has become very successful on the FM dial, um, which has become very prominent. And just the fact that when we started, being a sports talk show host was something that was a fringe element. To now, the sports talk show host is the prominent guy. He is the tastemaker. He is the guy who sets the course, who sets the agenda in every town in America. In the old days, it was the columnist. For a little while, it might have been the guy who did the 11 o'clock news. It is now the guy who does drive-time sports, whether he be in the morning, whether he be in the afternoon, depending on the certain city. The bottom line is it's the guy who does sports talk. And now kids, I hear from all the time, who say, I went to school. I went to 
this school or that school. I went to this place to learn to be a sports talk show host. It's what I wanted to be since I was little. I want, since I was a little boy, I wanted to grow up to be a sports talk show host. And that has changed dramatically. And I think the fan and uh, Mike and the Mad Dog and other shows have done that. And uh, that, as we leave that behind, uh, I'm probably proudest of that of everything is that we, we kind of changed the way sports talk is perceived and we changed it as a destination and as an occupation. And uh, I'm very proud of that and the place it now has in all the sports media. Um, I thank everyone here that I've worked with throughout the entire building. Uh, for those who have been here a couple of years, to those who have been here for 30, um, like I said, it's uh, been an incredible run. When I got to Astoria, I remember going there for the first time. Um, like everyone else, I had dreams of being able to accomplish something. From the first day I went in there, I wanted to stay there. I wanted to do afternoon drive. It was a dream of mine. When you, you get lucky and you get a chance to do what you dreamt about doing, what you hoped you would do, um, you feel very fortunate. I feel very fortunate, very blessed for everything that has gone on. I mean, I've been very lucky. I've been, uh, the city has uh, been opened wide to me. I've been given incredible access, incredible opportunities. Um, I've been treated royally uh, from the standpoint of the teams to every facet of the city. So, I mean, uh, it has been a dream job, and I've loved every single minute of it. Absolutely. Um, my kids, and after their mother was on, I heard from uh, Harrison. Uh, I didn't hear from the twins, but they, Harrison said to tell you uh, that he says hi to everybody. And uh, he wants everyone to know that uh, you know he might be around, and so might Jack doing this in a couple of years. So they want you to be waiting for him, so they, they might be uh, coming your way. Uh, in a couple of years, uh, and I get tonight to go see uh, Emily in the Christmas pageant, get her sing, because she sings beautifully. I get to go watch her do that tonight. So uh, when you have those kind of kids like Jack and Emily and Harrison to go home to, and a, a great wife to go home to, you know what, uh, that's my team. I mean, they've been my team for a long time, but now I can uh, worry more about them than I do whether or not I uh, finish number one. I hope I've always done that, but even sometimes when I've had other pursuits, uh, I hope I've always put them first, but if I haven't for any moment, well, now I promise that I will uh, every moment. So, uh, and I hope I do that because that's my most important job and uh, one that I take uh, very seriously. So, uh, I'm very proud of what they what they're doing. Uh, they have a great mother. I'm very lucky. Uh, Rose's been amazing. She really has. Uh, uh, I haven't had an agent all these years, but I really have because I've always had Roe to help bounce my decisions off, and uh, that's worked very well for me. Uh, as I said, she stays in the background, but she listens and she watches, and she's very, very smart, and uh, I'm very lucky to have her. And, uh, you know, really it's it's uh, an amazing thing to be able to in these last, you know, last 10 years and then 15 years, and now the kids are going to be 13 um, that I get a chance to share that with them this last portion of my career and that they're old enough to have, you know, seen some of the things we've done in recent years, like at Radio City and uh, some of the recent stuff at the Tiller Center, and they're old enough to understand it, and they got to see their father uh, do what he did. So uh, I'm very uh, happy that that was the case. And like I said, you know, when you have uh, 
been blessed with the kind of family I have. I, I've been very fortunate and to have the kind of wife I have who I, I love more than anything in the world, and that's more important to me than anything. So I'm very thankful for that, and I'm, I'm very thankful for everything uh, uh, that has happened here. I mean, really, I've had the best job in the world for 30 years. Uh, I, I never wanted another job. I love doing this job. I still do. I think it's time to go. I've thought that for a while. Um, whether I'm right or not, you know, you never know for sure, but I think I am. I think it's the right timing. Uh, it was always important for me to exit before anybody asked me to leave. It was always important for me to leave when I still felt I had a lot left on my fastball, which I do. And I'm not going away completely. Uh, I'm not going to talk about any of that now because it's not fair to the fan and it's what we agreed upon. And they kept every word to me, uh, whether you're talking about the uh, CBS people and Les Moonves, or you're talking about the Entecon people and David Field, they have kept every word to me about allowing me to do anything I wanted to do. They told me, you can leave any way you want. You can call all the shots. You can run this any way you want, and we will not say one word, and they haven't. CBS didn't, Entecom didn't, and I thank them for that, so I will honor what I promised, and I will wait for another day to talk about what uh, I have planned for the future, and that'll we'll talk about that in the... Uh, weeks and months to come so i'm looking forward to it uh and i'll be looking forward to reconnect with the audience which is so important to me i mean i have carried that audience with me every day since the day mike and the mayor look started it is they have been with me as something i i look at as being very real and something that is very important and something i base what i do on i really do I have always thought about that. It's not just going in and doing a show and not thinking about who you're performing for. I've always been very conscious of the audience and what the audience wants. I've always thought about that and, and tried to – it was never about what I wanted to talk about. It was what I thought the audience wanted to talk about. I always thought that was the most important way to do this was to say, hey, I envision the guy or I envision the people driving home tonight – on a highway somewhere, stuck in traffic as we all are, and think about what that person's going to do that night. What is going to interest that person that night? Or what is it that's making this city and these people tick right now? What is it that's going to connect to them? And that's what we do. We connect. And it's the audience that gets to make that decision. And I have had, and Dog had, and I have had, we've been able to sustain that. We have had the most loyal audience in radio. I mean, think about it. 30 years in the same job, same time, same station. We've controlled this time period for 30 years, the longest show in the country, five and a half hours every day. And we have been at the top of the ratings for 30 years. We were, when we started, spring 1990, our third rating book, we were number one. And right now, as we uh, get ready to depart, we are a couple weeks away from this fall book being over in 2018, and we're right at the top uh, right now in 2018, and we've been there all along. So, I mean, and that's because we have had the most loyal, consistent audience that anybody could possibly have, and it showed every time. It showed when we asked you to go to the Radio City and you sold it out in a couple of minutes. Or we asked you to go to Tillis, and you sold it out in an hour. Or we asked you to go to Mulcahy's, and you sell that out in two hours. So you have been there for us, absolutely been there for us every single day. And I can't tell you how much uh, we owe that to you, owe to you in terms of a debt of gratitude. And we could never thank you for your loyalty 
and your allegiance and how attentive you have been to us. Uh, it, it is something that uh, I, I can't even really start to tell you how uh, thankful I am for what we've been allowed to do and how consistent this audience has been. I've always said this, you know, through the years people have uh, talked about it, written about it, about how I'm tough on the callers, and I am. Because I always said it this way, the caller was someone who wanted to be part of the show. It's, a, it's only 1% or 2% of the audience. And I always separated the caller from the audience. And a lot of people in radio don't, but I always did. And I always said it this way, I challenge the caller, I cherish the audience. And as anyone out there who has been a faithful listener, wherever you may be right now listening to the program, and you've never once called the station, Understand how much I cherish what you have allowed me to do and given me the opportunity to do for 30 years. You've given me the opportunity to be here, to perform, to be here consistently for all this time. And like I said, I could not have more gratitude than I have uh, for you right now. So I've always challenged the caller because he's part of the show, and I always thought that was my responsibility uh, to do that. Uh, but I cherish the audience uh with everything I have because you guys have uh, given us just an incredible opportunity to do this uh, for this amount of time. Uh, I, I don't take that lightly that we were able to stay here and be on top for 30 years. I mean, it's been a blessing. It's been an incredible gift to know that there, every time there was a big game or every time there was a big story that the city was waiting to get our take. And then after dog left, the city was waiting to get my take on what was going on, on the big event, the big deal, the big game, the big trade, whatever the topic was. And to me, that was the gift that has been bestowed on me in this business, to have that audience and have the people care what my opinion is and what my take is on sports and wanting to deliver that. And I'm sure the first time, you know, people have asked me, you know, is it going to hit you today? Uh, and I don't think it really will until, and it has a couple times today, and I've had to fight that, but I really feel after the holidays, because I'm used to being off for days around Christmas, and you think so much around Christmas about family, and then it's New Year's, and you throw in some football. But in January, when everyone's back in their regular routine, and I'm not here, and there's that big event, and that big game, and that controversial ending, and I don't have... Uh, that audience, that ready-made platform to go to to speak, I'm sure it's going to impact me and I'm going to feel it a lot. Uh, and then I'll know exactly where I am because I've had that for so long and that has been with me every day for so long and I can't tell you how much I've loved that and how much it has meant to me. Uh, I really believe that I've had the best job that anyone could have in this city, not just for sports, for anything. For any, any kind of broadcasting, any kind of entertainment, I never once, never once, until when I decided to leave two years ago, I never once thought of leaving here, not one time from 1989 until two years ago. Not one time did I ever talk to anybody about it. Not one time did I entertain an offer. I never considered leaving once. That's how much I love this job. That's how much I how special it was to be put in this position once we had found out early on that we were going to be successful, which, you know, fortunately for Dog and I, 
after a rocky start, we did find out very quickly that what we were doing was working. And we both, thank God, were smart enough to understand that, comprehend that, and make the most of it and realize that we had something special and throw our efforts into that. And except for a couple of times when uh, our egos or my ego or our unreasonable uh, attitude or my unreasonable attitude uh, got in the way. And that only happened two or three times. But except for that, we did pour everything we had into doing the best show we could do. I was blessed to have Dog as a partner, especially for this reason. Number one, because he was a good radio guy. But number two, because he never gave anything except his absolute best effort every day. And that's what I tried to bring here every day. It's what I believe in. I tried to always come in here prepared. I tried to always come in here and give you the best effort I could ever give you. I never mailed in a show. Never, I never mailed in an hour because it was that important to me to do the best I could do because I cared that much about what you thought and because uh, it was what I wanted to do. It was what I really loved doing. You know, when... When we have a, an event or something that sets us off, like the Eli thing or the marathon or whatever it might be, those minutes when we're performing, when I'm yelling and screaming about something, and it's not something I'm making up, I believe in that. Sure, I try to make it as entertaining as possible, but I still believe in it. I'm getting a message across. I believe in what a message is. And during that time, I would just stop and think about how how unbelievably fortunate I was to be in that position, to be in the position where I got to do this for a living. And I walk out of here tonight in just a couple of minutes when I say goodbye, knowing that, frankly, I have never worked a day in my life because I have loved this. You know, I've told my kids this all the time. I tell them now, I tell Jack, I tell Emily, I tell Harrison, I say, I want you to do all these different things right now. And I tell everybody out there who's listening right now, who's thinking about what they're going to do with their life. Find something that excites you. Find something that makes you passionate and grab it. First, find out what it is you love and grab it. And then if you can find something, you're blessed. But if you can then, after you're done with your schooling, find something that you can make a living at that you love well, then you're not only doubly blessed, you'll never work a day in your life. And I walk out of here after 30 years, and I've been handsomely rewarded. But I'll tell you this. While obviously I negotiated uh, as, t- as tough as I could, that's a different story. But I also feel like I've never worked a day in my life. Luckily, I didn't have to. There weren't a lot of things I think I would have been good at, but... I found something that I knew how to do and something that I love doing. And I leave here after 30 years feeling so unbelievably grateful and unbelievably blessed that I've been able to do this. This has been a great station. Uh, It's the greatest city in the world. You guys are the greatest fans in the world. You're passionate. You're knowledgeable. You care. And that means so much. To go to a city that has no passion, anything without passion, is just not the same as something with passion. Passion makes everything better. Passion makes 
everything more exciting, more challenging, more dynamic, and that's what this city has about everything. I mean, we fight for everything. We fight for a seat on the subway. We fight for the next inch, the next parking lot. We fight for the next lane in the highway. We fight for everything. That's what we are. We're fighters, but that's what makes it great. It's the hard part. It's that it's hard is what makes it great. And that's what the city is. It could be hard. It could be nasty. It could be competitive, but it also is challenging and it's dynamic and it's passionate. And that's what we bring and that's what you guys bring to sports. And that's what anyone who sits in this chair has to bring every day. And, you know, I've been asked a lot over the last couple of weeks, you know, how much you're going to miss this. And like I said, I don't know yet. I'm going to miss it, I'm sure, a lot. But I can tell you this. Uh, I'm very proud of what Mike and the Mayor Dog accomplished. I'm very proud of what I've accomplished. I'm very proud of what the fan has stood for. And like I said, I think it's a, built on a foundation where it'll be around and it will do well for many, many years to come. I want to thank everyone that I've had a chance to work with. I wish you all success. I wish the people who are going to follow me, Continent and Maggie and Bart, uh, nothing but success. I wish them good luck because they're part of the fan and I will always be part of the fan. It's something I helped create and something that will always mean a lot to me. Can't spell Francesca without F-A-N. And it will always be a part of my heart and part of my being because it's something that means a great deal to me. And all I want to say to you, especially to my family, thank you for being there for me. Jack, Emily, my twins, Harrison, who... I couldn't love anybody more than those three and my lovely wife, who I love more than anything in the world, Ro, that uh, it makes it a lot easier to have them to come home to. And you know what? They're more than anybody deserves. And what I want to say to uh, everyone I've worked with, thank you. To the people who have uh, been my day-to-day people I, uh, here with me, my update guys, Mons and Chris, Cherney, who's been with me for 25 years, we fought like crazy. We didn't talk for months. Sometimes he probably hated my guts, probably more often than not. But you know what? We were able to be incredibly successful together, and that's really what it's about. That's what his job is. He had to manage me, and that's what he did. And we were able to win a whole bunch of championships, and I'm very proud of that, exceedingly proud. But more than anything else going out, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, the audience. Because without you, we don't last a week. We don't last a month. So what I'd like to say to you is I will miss you. I thank you. And from the bottom of my heart, I love you. Goodbye.